Welcome, 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 welcome back to Locked On 76ers. I'm your host, Keith Pompey. Happy Thursday to you. It's Thursday, June the 24th. Today's episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra. At only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories, is only worth it if you enjoy it. Stay tuned for the Ultra Moment segment coming up later in this episode. I got my man, Jeff Cohen, from the Heart of Sports on. I apologize because Jeff and I were supposed to get some Michelob Ultra a little about a week ago. And I had something come up and I couldn't do it. And, uh, this, oh man, I apologize. But Jeff, I'm, I'm so happy to have you back on the show, my man. I, I've been waiting every day. I keep looking out my front door and it has not been delivered. <laughs> where, where is it? Is it? You know, this is the day, like, we can have drones deliver things to our homes. You have no excuse for not delivering that Michelob Ultra. Yeah, you know, especially not since, you know, yesterday I go to the, uh, you know, I'm home. I'm like, man, I don't I don't have a game to cover. I'm Why? out getting something to what eat. What happened? Well, you know, something happened. <laughs> so I'm like, <laughs> so I go into the uh, beer distributor and I get a case of Michelob Ultra. Like, yes, it's only worth it if you enjoy it. Wait, 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 wait. You, you picked up a case? Yeah, picked up a well, case. Where is it? It's in the crib. It's half, well, I'm not going to say it's half gone. Halfway <laughs> gone, but it's, it's some of it is gone. Where's my half? Oh, yeah, I guess I got to bring some over. I have, matter of <laughs> fact, we got to hook it up. We got to hook it up. But look, Jeff, I, want, I got you on here today to talk about the 76ers season. About, I know this is hard, but, you know, there's a lot of fault. A lot of people are saying blame on who who lost game seven who why aren't they in the in the in, in the eastern conference finals and you know i said a couple of days ago that the popular thing is you can't put all the blame on ben simmons i said that in the podcast a couple of days ago i want to know do you agree or disagree because uh <laughs> I, I agree with you that 100% of the blame can't be placed on any one person. There is mm-hmm. enough to go around. But that what happened in this series falls squarely on what the meltdown of Ben Simmons. And it's been a slow rolling meltdown that's been going on for years. You can go back four years when Ben Simmons was asked about Hack a Ben. And he said he was going to work on that free throw shooting and they wouldn't be able to do do it to him. And instead, what we had was a historically bad free throw shooting performance that not only impacted his free throw shooting performance, it impacted the rest of his game and in my mind then impacted the rest of the team. Because what you had was, and this is, you never want to question a player's heart. But I will tell you, he looked scared, and it was evident that he was scared to touch the ball. And you cannot have a, a guy on a court with that who also happens to be your highest paid player who is afraid to touch the ball because he doesn't want to go to the free throw line. We had hack a Shaq, but Shaq was never, never shied away from touching the ball and playing. And what you had is not only Ben was was Ben not afraid or not willing to touch the ball, it then became the rest of the team. Do they have to rush a shot up because they don't want Ben to get fouled? 
And in my mind, that was the problem. It took everybody out of the flow of the offense because you essentially had four guys on offense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you, you have a point there. I mean, you know, the thing is, that's kind of hard to argue. I'm going to be honest with you. What you just said is, is kind of hard to argue. But what I'm saying is, like, even despite that, I, I felt like there was ways that they still could have won. I mean, you know what I mean? There was other things that contributed. But you are correct. I mean, it when you got a guy who is timid, people tend, it kind of changed the complexion of the game. I mean, it was like kind of sort of they were doing the four on five. I understand it. You know well, what let, I mean? let me ask you a question. Nate McMillan joins the Hawks in what, March? I believe at the time they were in 10th or 11th place. He's obviously done a great job. From a tactician standpoint, we've seen the hack a player strategy before in this league. Have you ever seen it applied in the first half of a game? And was it a brilliant strategy by McMillan getting in Ben's head that early? Oh, it was a great strategy to get in his head that early. Yes, it was. I mean, because it got to a point where you looked like he didn't want to touch the ball after that. Yeah. You know? So, yeah, McMillan is a, a great coach. Um, I mean, I can't really argue with you, bro. I just can't. <laughs> as much You're as I want to. to. That's the whole point, I mean, man. you know, here's the thing. Because, you know, when you look at it, my, my, my thing, the reason why I think it's not his fault, all of his fault, Oh, there it's you because, go. I was, I was about to jump down your throat. <laughs> it's because they babied him for years. I mean, it's to a point where you come into an organization, you know, I feel like the first time it happened, the first time it happened, Doc Rivers, or no, 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 we're going to go beyond Doc Rivers. Yeah, let's talk about. Let's go back let, to Brett Brown. Yeah, go back to Brett Brown. Yeah, let's go back to his rookie season when, mm-hmm. when you said that stuff happened and he says, hey, they're not going to do it again. Well, no one took him out of the game. No one sat him down. No one said anything. And then at the same time, he becomes an all-star the year later. He, he does all this other stuff. And it gets to a point where, heck, I don't need a jump shot. I don't need to hit foul shots. You know, this and that. I can be this guy. And no one ever held him accountable. And well, it's, it's just worse like, than that. It, well, yeah, it's worse than that. But it's, it's the point where you and I both have children. Your son is a whole lot older than my daughter. But at the same time, you know if you allow someone to do something, they're going to continue to do it if there's no repercussion. We know that. Well, it's even, but what, the reason I say you're right, but it's worse than that, is that if you have a kid and you tell and you don't do anything and there's re- no repercussions, it's bad enough. If you actually set a rule and then don't follow it, it's even worse. And if you remember, Brett Brown used to sit there and say, I want Ben to shoot X number of three-point attempts per game. Mm-hmm. How many games did Ben Simmons go without even attempting a yeah. three-pointer? Which is basically, you know, the kid saying, screw you, I'm not going to shoot it. You're right. You You're told right. me to do it, I'm not going to do it. And now I'm in charge. Or mm-hmm. at least it looks like I'm in charge. But, but the thing is, it, just sticking with Ben Simmons for the moment here, at what point do you take pride in your game? I know he's making a boatload of money. I know he's really good on defense. I know that he can play basketball better than most people on this planet. 
at some point, you're going out there, and it's not just all of America or all of Philadelphia that's watching these games. Ben Simmons is an international star. He's from Australia. At some point, don't you take enough pride in, in putting in the effort to get better at this? Because if you've made it to this level and you have this kind of hand-eye coordination, tell me that if you don't go out and practice 100, 200, 300 times a day, just go outside and shoot free throws and work on your form with somebody, tell me you can't get better, at least to the point that you as a point guard are not, don't set a record an NBA record for futility and free throws in a playoff. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I mean, I can't argue that one. But let me tell you one thing else. This segment is brought to you by our partners at Michelob Ultra. Now, I got to suggest, it's a tough choice for me to pick this week Ultra Moment of the Week. But it has to be. Matter of fact, to me, what was your Ultra Moment of the Week? Well, you or the playoffs. Or the playoffs. I just want to ask yours. What's yours? Is it, is it ultra moment a good moment or yeah, is it an ultra moment? It's, it's, a, good, it's a good moment. A good okay. Moment. Yeah. So, so if, if – well, if you're asking me a good moment and it doesn't have to be Philadelphia. No, it has to be the Sixers. It has to be the Sixers. Oh. Well, I don't – what could it be? I guess for this series it would have to be Shake Milton. It would have to be Shake Milton when he came in. Or it could be It could Seth be Therese Maxey. Yeah. Can it be Tyrese Maxey? Yeah, it could be Tyrese Maxey. It could be Tyrese yeah. Maxey. Yeah, is that what your moment was? That one was That's what I'm, I'm going with Maxey. And, and I have to tell you, when the Sixers drafted him, I was a skeptic. And okay. when the season started, I was still a skeptic. He just, he moves so much faster than many guys out there that he seems like he's playing out of control. But either he got better or I just read it wrong. I think it's a combination of both. But what he did in the playoffs, I think people overreacted in this city as to how good he is right now. But I think he has shown that if he develops a a good, consistent three-point shot, that he could be the point guard for this team for a while. I agree. You know, I agree. But see, here's the thing about make his game so good because he brought joy to the Sixers. He brought happiness to the fans. And it was a lot of enjoyment for for the 76ers owners. And that's what Michelob Ultra is all about, right? Because it's only worth it if you enjoy it. At only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories, joy creates success. Enjoyment isn't the end game. It's the only game, right? That's what it's all about. Okay. <laughs> You're Mr. Positive all of a sudden. You have to be, bro. You have to be. You have to be. But so, you know, we, we talked about Ben, but are there other, any other things that stood out to you in that game in regards to reasons why they lost, things that disappointed you? Uh, well, look, you can pull out your hair uh, just, well, I can pull out my hair. I don't know if you can. No, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> I can pull out my chin hair. <laughs> yeah, there you go. With, with regard to... Doc Rivers' rotations. It drives me nuts. Uh, it drives my co-host on the Heart of Sports nuts that he seems to take everybody. He's, he thinks he's playing hockey, and he, he's got shifts. And what happens is he brings in this second shift, and it just becomes a disaster. And and for some reason, he starts quarters with, with his guys on the bench. And I don't understand 
whether Doc understands momentum. And he's a great coach. He's, he's going to be a Hall of Fame coach. But there are things about the way he rotates his players and, and how he moves things that, that just, I shake my head. And, and, and the other one is that drives me nuts, and I, I know you don't feel probably the same way I do. We've had this discussion before. Dwight Howard drives me crazy. Why is that? Because he he's been a solid backup, but it seems like once a game or once every other game, he does something really dumb. And when you have a veteran, the veteran's supposed to be the guy who provides the leadership, and he's supposed to be the guy who's supposed to be the cooler head. And he gets these dumb fouls, and sometimes he gets technical fouls, and you just can't do every point matters, especially when you're not able to hit your free throws. And you can't have him doing some of the dumb stuff he does, shoving a guy, hard fouls, things like that that are just going to get the team in trouble. Yeah, I, I agree with you with that. Um, I, I agree with you with that. Uh, you know, but, but he's the least of their problems. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He's like the least of their problems when you, when it comes down to that. You know, I, I think that there's a little bit of showmanship that he has that gets him in trouble. Like, you know, kind of like you said, um, maybe some lack of focus, you know, at times. Uh, mm-hmm. But, um, you know... I kind of, I kind of like the white. I like the white for this team. Now, I think if you bring in another center, mm-hmm. and the white doesn't have to play as many minutes, especially not in the in the postseason, you know, he could be one of those guys on the bench that's a leader. You know, a, a guy that gets the crowd amped up, the one that likes him, like. Like a Adonis Haslin, so to speak. You know what I mean? Like a leader to this team. I think that, you know, he could do that role and he's not making a lot of money um, for that, you know. So, so who do you want? You want Norvell Pell? <laughs> um, you know what? The thing about it is I like Norvell, but I, I think that maybe he's a, a change of pace, like rim protector and, and could be great. But you also got to see about Nerlens Noel, too, see what you can do. But at the same time, they may need somebody a little bit. I mean, I would like Nor- Nor- Nerlens Noel to come back. I would. But maybe they may need somebody a little bit sturdier, not a little bit bigger. You know what I mean? Nor- Nor- it's not like Nerlens gets hurt and he runs rim to rim and he's a solid shot blocker. He would be great. But if I couldn't get either one of those guys, I think I'd get a young guy who is someone that's durable. Someone that similar to Joel a little bit, who you wouldn't miss a beat and you wouldn't have to change up much on the nights that Joel isn't playing. You know? Yeah, that sounds great. Where are you going to find him? I don't know. I don't how, know. how many? How many of those backup centers exist? Like even with Nor- even if you go with Nerlens, you want Nerlens. Is he really going to come here? Is is he at the point in his career where he's basically said, "I'm willing to just be a backup." Well, that's what he is now, unfortunately for him. But that's what he is. I mean, he was a backup in, in the Knicks. He was a backup in OKC. You know, Dallas he started, but, you know, the last well, couple of stuff. Yeah, you and I know that, but is he at the point? I mean, the he, athlete is a lot different. He he they, was – he he was <laughs> – the goal was, like, Nerlens before, before Dwight Howard and 
and things fell through in L.A. with Dwight Howard, the thought was that Nerlens was going to be a sixer. You know, he was going to come back, be the backup, be Mr. Energy, shot blocker, knowing that he was going to get a lot of minutes. And then all of a sudden, Dwight Howard fell on the Sixers' doorsteps. You know, and it, and it was cheaper for the Sixers because Nerlens would have been, um, what do you call it? He would have been a mid-level exception, whereas you look at Dwight, and Dwight is, uh, you know, a, um, a minimum guy. And in the NBA, the people, a lot of people don't know this, but if you're a veteran minimum, say you make $2.5 million. Right. Well, yeah, I want that minimum. Yeah, exactly. And I get this: mm-hmm. the team wants that minimum too, because the NBA plays half pays half your salary for the vet. What? Yeah. So, so for the why? Sixers, well, because the reason why they do that is because you know in the past what happened is, like, let's just say Dwight Howard's a veteran minimum two point whatever it is. So what happens is in the past the guys like that wouldn't be in the league anymore because they would go out and get an undrafted guy and have him sit on the bench, whatever, and he's making less than a million dollars or something like that, right, or a million. So what this does is it's good for veteran players who can still play because what happened is that the teams are saving money by going out and getting them. Before, Not all the teams are. A lot of teams. It's like that for the, all veteran well, Hold on. The, economically, the money comes from the NBA. If, it, if the NBA is paying it, it means it's coming out of the distributions that they give to each of the teams. Put it this way. The owner doesn't pay it. The league pays it. They have like right. some money stored up, and that's what it goes to. But I understand what you're saying. But let me talk about this. Today on the road to the finals, our NBA playoffs coverage is brought to you by Michelob Offer. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. And at 2.6 carbs and 95 calories, we can all enjoy the games a little bit more this season. And what Jeff is saying is, brother... You keep talking about this stuff, but I'm still waiting for I'm still waiting for mine. You know? I keep I keep waiting for the doorbell to ring. Yeah, but the one thing you didn't wait for was Built Bar. Built Bar, <laughs> you didn't wait for that, and something else that you know what you know you shouldn't wait well, that's for. Because I ordered a whole box of them. Yeah, want something else you shouldn't <laughs> wait for? Rock what? Auto. You ever RockAuto.com? Why choose to spend thirty, fifty, or even a hundred percent more for the same parts from a chain store? Or a car dealership. Look, here's an example. A Honda Odyssey fuel pump is $353 from a chain store. Only $216 from Rock Auto. Why? Because Rock Auto is a family business, right, that's been around for over 20 years. Rock, um, Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer. So what you need to do is go to rockauto.com and, and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked on, and how did they hear about us, Box, so they know we sent you. Amazing selections, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockdardo.com. Even my hoopty is good for rockauto.com. By, by the way, you left out the part that if you, if you put in the locked on Sixers code, or instead, if you just put in Keith Pompey, you actually come out to their house and install that fuel pump. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, well. Hey, do you really want me to do this? <laughs> sure. sure. Your car, your car my, my, my car's got 110,000 miles on it. It couldn't get much worse. <laughs> yeah, yeah, whatever. So my question to you is, are the Sixers trading Ben Simmons? Is he gone? I don't know. Who's going to want him? 
I mean, if if you're another, I'm assuming all the executives are watching the same playoff games we are. Unless you have an ego, which I know all these guys have one, that you're the guy that can turn this around. Do you want to? Do you want to give up something really good to get him? I guess if you're a team, you know everybody keeps throwing out the Blazers. That seems to be the one everybody thinks is a great move. Get C.J. McCollum because the Blazers need defense. But you you have this problem that we've now seen with the Sixers, and it's only gotten progressively worse and now exponentially worse in this playoffs, which is as great as he is on defense, you cannot have four guys on offense. You know, I actually had a solution to, to this last round of the playoffs, which is if Ben Simmons isn't going to shoot the ball and he's not going to touch the ball on offense and he's really just going to stand off to the side, it should have been like when my kid played like six-year-old basketball. Is like leave Ben back on defense, and at least they wouldn't have been so bad on transition defense because Ben would have been back there. Yeah. But if, but if you're another team, why in the world are you going to take him unless you think somehow you're going to be the one that turns him around? It's not like he's been in the league for one or two years, and his free throw shooting's gotten worse. His three point shooting is still non-existent. His mid level game is non-existent so why would you want him and why would you take that salary it's a max salary yeah i mean the, the thing is a lot of times it, typically now here's the difference between him and markel folks he's making markel folks was still on his rookie salary mm-hmm. ben has a max deal right so that's the difference right there in money but typically, there becomes a team that knows that they can't get an elite player like that otherwise, right? So what they do is they'll get that person and they'll gamble. And they'll say, look, look who we have. We have Ben Simmons. We're selling tickets. We're, we're going to try to work with him. And if he becomes a great player, I mean, can, if he improves his offense, then that's a steal. The difference is Markel only had one year left on his deal. Now, they gave him an extension. But he had one year left after that season. And with Ben, he has four, three years left, I believe. So um, that's the tough part. Yeah, well, that makes it the gamble. It could be crippling to your organization. Yeah, I know. But so, I'm just saying, I'm just saying that. But that's what you do. Now, if you're in a market where you feel as if you can't do that. I mean, let's keep it real. Everyone there. Are, I mean. You're right. The trade value is is going to be low. It's down. But there are always everyone. You always think, like, people think, like, well, you know, I'm overconfident. I know what I can do is going to change someone, you know. Yeah, you guys messed up because you don't know what you're doing. So then you bring them to him, and then you see. So that, I, I think we have some of that going. But then there are certain markets where, let's face it, free agents aren't trying to go there. They're not. Like, they're not. They're not going to come there. You'll never get a guy who's like a three-time All-Star, two-time All-Defensive, uh, first-team performer, defensive player of the year, runner-up. They'll never get that person. So there are going to be some teams who are going to try to see if they can get him. Now, again. Wait, but aren't, aren't, aren't those teams that you just described pretty much the bottom of the barrel now exactly exactly they are but 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 isn't it now the the model that if you're bottom of the barrel you collect a bunch of draft picks you you save a lot of pennies 
for a while and you're building up through the draft and doesn't so what's the point in spending money on a max player unless you think that max player is also a veteran who's going to help the players that are going to come in get better around him and i don't see anybody getting better around ben simmons again Again, this is predicated. Again, you're not going to get if if you don't have to give up much for this person, and we think that the, what the Sixers are doing, they don't know what they're doing. You think that, you think that the Sixers don't know what they're doing. So what you are saying is, we can correct it. Now again, it depends. Like so, you're well, you're you're saying this this other front this this. Uh hypothetical front office doesn't think the Sixers know what they're doing because I don't blame yeah. I don't I'm not blaming this on the Sixers not knowing what they're doing I but, think this but I, I'm, I'm just saying that I'm saying the hypothetical front okay. office right. I mean let's keep it real like you know we talk about drafts right so mm-hmm. let, let, let so we're talking about drafts now right now you got a guy like uh, what is it uh, Zion Williamson there's reports that he wants out of New Orleans right New Orleans is that team where you go out there and you draft players. Started off with Chris Paul. Chris Paul's with New Orleans. Bang. He's out. Then you go get um, Anthony Davis. Bang. He's out. Now Wait, Zion, so are you suggesting Zion for Ben? I'm not. What I'm saying is, I'm just saying, I'm using the example of, you know, let's keep it real. Everybody By says the way, they want to be a great trade. Yeah, it would. But everybody says that they're trying to build through the draft. Well, these dudes, when they it's, they they have a habit of going. They they get that max contract, that second deal, and they're like, "See ya," right? So they all do it. They all do it. So sometimes, but what choice team, do you have? I mean, as as one of those teams, like Oklahoma City. But that's Oklahoma not my problem. City. That's not yeah. my problem. What choice you have? I know what you're saying, but I'm just saying with that team, like like. That team, like there are certain teams, is all about like everybody's not about winning in this league. Some people think they can't win. It's about selling out tickets. You understand what I'm saying? So like, it's not like we're saying okay, he's going to go to uh, the Lakers or something like that, or he's going to go to you know uh, uh, you know a contending team. I'm talking about a small market team that is losing money and they want to put people in the seats. That's all I'm. That's what I'm talking about. Okay. Well, do you you really think at this point, after what we've all witnessed, that that, that people that anybody's going to buy a ticket because Ben Simmons is playing? Uh, I do, I do. Really? I do. In certain markets, yeah, I do, I do. I mean, because at the same time, it's, you know, I, I do, I, I do. I mean, here's the thing. Right now, see, I think the thing about Philly, we all been through this before. We all know, like, where we heard the conversation where Ben said he's going to work on his game, and we all been waiting for it. You know, that's something that's not really, that's underreported nationally, right? So these people will go there and see it. and Or, you know, you always give someone the benefit of the doubt. Like, okay, Ben, this is what you said you're going to do. Show it to us. That's all I'm saying. Now, again, you're not going to give up value for it, but, you know, I, I, I think it could happen. I mean, the more they're talking and the more, like, you're hearing stuff that people want uh, reports that his agent is, like, requesting a trade and stuff like that, nah, nah, that's going to hurt the value. But what I'm saying is, like, 
I'm just telling you, there's a team. Now, here's the thing. If Toronto, if Toronto could try, if, 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 they, if they feel like they can't get Kyle Lowry, then maybe they may try to do it. I mean, I don't know if it's going to help them out because he's so ball dominant, but it would definitely help the Sixers, you know what I mean, to get rid of him for Kyle Lowry and someone well, else. Isn't Kyle Lowry free agent now? Yeah, you can have to do a sign and trade. Right. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I, there's one that I haven't, I haven't heard yet. Maybe you can fill me in on why it is. Ben Simmons' agent is Rich Paul, right? Isn't Rich Paul affiliated with LeBron James at some point? Yeah. Somehow? Yeah. Why Why aren't we hearing that LeBron James wants Ben Simmons? And that LeBron would... This is exactly the scenario I could picture. LeBron wants to orchestrate getting Ben Simmons there because LeBron thinks that he because they haven't they worked together in the offseason in the past. Yeah, he's his mentor. So, but look, this is what we'll right. do. This is what we'll do. I'm gonna do a tease. I'm gonna do a tease. We're about to end this with cliffhanger. We're going to talk. I'm gonna give you my answer tomorrow. I'm gonna give you my answer tomorrow. You're gonna come back tomorrow, and I'm gonna give you my answer on that. Sorry about that, y'all. But but <laughs> but I'm trying to save it for tomorrow. I want to thank y'all for listening. I want to thank uh, Jeff for coming on the pod. Jeff, where can people uh, reach you at? You can check us out on the Heart of Sports on uh, WWTB in Philadelphia and on the 97.5 network, or you can catch us at theheartofsports.org or any of your podcast networks anytime. All right, y'all. Peace. I'm not going to answer Jeff's question tomorrow, so I'm going to go again. Bye. <laughs> Well, you're becoming quite the ad man.